All right, guys, y'all can go ahead and find a seat. And uh, listen, if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to uh, turn to Romans 10 with me tonight. Romans 10 on your phone, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, We're going to be in Romans 10, verses 13 through 15 tonight. Um, And, you know, as you guys turn there, just kind of explain kind of what's going on tonight. Uh, You know, we've spent, gosh, you know, so many uh, Wednesday nights just going through so many different series this semester and and just looking over the semester, man. It's, um, and you guys know, right? It's not just me, but you guys know just what God has done um, inside of our ministry. And it's one of those weeks to where I just kind of, as we plan for the last service, uh, you know, you just kind of think, um, just what God has done and how he has worked, I guess, man, of all the baptisms and salvations and just the growth and just, I mean, you name it, right? And so, like, we've come to this point tonight, um, you know, as God has done what only he can do, like, you know, using all of you guys. And, uh, and so here we are tonight, and so you guys know that, like, our DNA, pretty much, at Cottage Hill and, and our college ministry is missions and just going and just sending and Apart from the mission trips that, that we do, that we lead in our college ministry, the church, all three campuses obviously takes trips and love where you live. And so really, you know, as we talk about missions tonight, uh, it, it is one of the biggest things about who we are because, uh, you know, we believe that, uh, you know, without, without missions, like there is, uh, there's no gospel, there's no preaching, there's no salvation. And so whenever you say the word missions, like we are, we're talking about like a hefty weight, right? Like an eternal weight that God uses to send us out and for other people to hear about his name. And so that is what we do. We did it last year as well, if you remember that. And so we had... I think like 25 last year uh, that we sent out to different places and even countries, and then this year's around 20, and a few can't be here tonight. But that is kind of what tonight is all about. But you know, I don't uh, just want to focus on the people who are being sent out tonight. I kind of want to start out with a question uh, to like everybody, and even the ones who are going to be be watching this later. Uh, the question of you know why why are you not a part of this night? Um, and so at, before we dive into to what missions means and kind of commissioning these guys out, uh, you know, I just, I think of, you know, why are every single one of us not a part of being sent, right? Like why are every single one of us in some capacity not part of missions, a part of telling people about what God has done, um, going out and serving people, going out and loving people, um, and that's just one of my personal, um, you know, convictions tonight as we start out is, man, let's not just focus on the 20 that are being sent out from our group, but let's ask ourselves the question, like, why am I not going? Like, why am I not being sent out to? Why am I not maybe obeying the call that God has put on my life? But tonight, we're going to talk about just a few different takeaways from Romans chapter 10, and not just for these people, but just in general, just about missions in general. And so Romans 10 kind of lays, lays this out, the beauty of missions, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but you can read along with me in verse 13. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So there's three aspects, I believe, like inside of this scripture specifically, that we need to look at when it comes to missions. Number one, that is the reality of missions. Like there's a reality going on here, right? Whenever we dive into the scripture, 
And whenever we talk about missions, there's a reality, and not just, not just for this temporary life, just like we finished the series, Hope Beyond the Temporary, not just temporary reality, not just a lifetime of reality, but there's an eternal reality that we look at inside of missions. Verse 13 kind of starts out, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord uh, will be saved. And so there's, there's obviously this verse that talks about specifically calling on the name of the Lord. It, it uses this word of they will be saved, right, which is a very churchy Southern Baptist word of, you know, you will be saved if you call on the name of the Lord. In other words, eternal life can be yours. Like we know what Jesus has done for us, right? But in order to, to look at the beauty of salvation, we also need to see the other side of the coin. So just like if there is eternal life, like there's two sides of the coin, if there's eternal life, there's also eternal damnation, right? And that, that's one of the things that we don't talk about much, uh, right? And so inside of this scripture, we see this laid out very clear for us. Even though it is saying everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, what this is saying is as we get ready to send these people out, as we are asking ourselves the question, uh, why am I not being sent out? we need to use the context of what missions really is, right? And so if there's eternal life, if there's this whole idea of, listen, whenever we die as believers, as followers of Jesus, we're gonna spend forever with him, obviously, right? That's what eternal life is. Uh, eternal life, there's no more pain, no more suffering. We talked about this through Hope Beyond the Temporary, right? Like our Easter series. We know all that about eternal life. But how often do we think about eternal damnation, right? Eternal hell. And so scripture is very clear clear. In fact, Jesus speaks on this a lot inside of scripture about how there's not just eternal life, but you need to see there's also consequences for living in your sin and dying in your sin in this life. Just a few verses. You may be like, well, how, how would you define eternal damnation inside of scripture? Like, how would you define that? Just a few things all throughout scripture, if you're taking notes tonight. Matthew 25, verse 41, it starts us out. It says, it is eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, right? So he uses imagery of, it, it is a fire, but it's, it's not just eternal fire, but it is a fire that is prepared specifically for Satan and his angels. And then we go on to Mark uh, chapter nine, verse 41, where the worms that eat them, people, where the worms that eat people that are there do not die and the fire is not quenched, right? And so Mark paints a picture that eternal damnation is not just, like, it's not just fire, it's not just eternal fire, but there is a worm literally for eternity, right? There's a worm, there's fire, it never dies and it never gives up. And then Revelation 21.8, the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. So Revelation 21.8 paints a picture of, yes, like we know there's worms. Yes, we know it's fire pre uh, prepared for Satan and his angels and his demons. But at the same time, Revelation comes along, which is a deep book, by the way, if you've ever studied that. It's the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. So what, what scripture is painting, and we could keep going on and on about what eternal damnation looks like, right? Apart from eternal life, what does eternal hell look like? And so scripture basically basically paints this picture that, number one, it is eternal. Just like you have eternal life, like, it is eternal. What people go to if they die in their sin, right? And so this is a reality that, listen, not everybody goes to heaven, right? Not, not, not every person goes to heaven. Only those who have repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus, those are the ones that go to heaven. And so there are many people that you probably know who are in hell right now for the simple fact of they never turned from their sins. And this is what scripture is painting for us. 
is that it is eternal fire. It is prepared ahead of time for Satan and his angels. There are worms that eat people and they do not die. They're just eating and eating and eating. How does that work? I have no idea. And there's a fire that is never quenched. So the fire gets hotter and hotter. And this is, this is a reality like going on right now for people, right? And so it keeps going of there, there's a lake that burns with fire and sulfur. And so basically the whole idea here is not uh, the worm. It's not, it's not the fire. Those things are bad. Those things are eternal. But at the same time, you are separated from Jesus Christ for forever. And that is why you have all these repercussions. And so that friend that you think of in your mind, right, that you're like, man, I know they're probably not a believer. I know they just, they won't come to church with me, man. They'll tell you they're not a believer. This is literally their eternal destination unless people like you and me intercede on their behalf and do what we call missions, right? It's not foreign, but it can be right here at home. And we say, I am going to intercede on your behalf and I'm gonna pray for you, I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna be an example for you. I'm going to, on your behalf, take your name to the Father Almighty and I I pray to God that he changes your heart and that you come to know him. So everyone who doesn't call on the name of the Lord, they will not be saved. So we know that this scripture says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved, right? And so we know that there's, there's two sides of the same coin. So if we flip this coin over, just connect, the dots, right? I'm not good at math. This is kind of like a a very easy two plus two equation. The other end of this coin is everyone who doesn't call on the name of the Lord, they cannot be saved. And so, so many people ask about the innocent guy in Africa, the innocent guy in Asia, the innocent guy around the world uh, who's never heard of the name of Jesus, where will they spend eternity? And scripture is very, very clear for this matter. They will spend eternity in an eternal hell. Why? Because they have never called on the name of the Lord who can save them from their sins. And so these missionaries, as they are being sent out tonight, here in just a moment, this is the reality that we are seeing, right? Like, we're not just paying a lot of money going around the world. We're not just paying some money and giving up our summer. No, we are literally going with the prayer and the hope that our God is going to come through and he is literally going to snatch people out of the pit of hell. That is what missions is. And people don't preach on this often. They don't say this stuff much. But that is the essential of what missions is. And so we really think, like, what are we doing in our spare time? How are we handling our spare time? How are we really going, how are, we, how are we putting our feet to this mission of God? And some of us will be like, man, I'm doing a lousy job. Like, I, 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 I can't tell you the last time I went on a mission trip. I can't tell you the last time that I truly gave my summer up or that I truly gave up a week of my life or a week of, a week of like no work or no school, whatever the case may be. And whenever you look at it through this lens, this will cause you to rethink a lot of things inside of your life. Takeaway number two is this. We see a command for missions. So there's, there's a reality, there's an eternal hell, there's a place prepared for people unless we intercede on their behalf. Number two, there's a command of missions. Verse 14, it says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not yet heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? In the first part of verse 15, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So basically what we are faced with is a lot of questions, right? If you read the scripture and you look through it, you're like, man, that's a lot of questions. How can, how can they hear? How can they go? How can they be sent? Basically it all ends in a question mark. And so basically it's a bunch of questions, but here's what we need to see in the command of missions. The first thing is this, is that God and humans both, think about this, we both have a responsibility inside of missions. So normally we say, well, you know, it is, is God's job to save people, and yes, that is very true. 
That's very true, 100%. God's job to save people. But do you understand, you and I, we're the plan A for his plan to save people. And so God and humans both have a responsibility inside of missions. And so it's interesting, whenever you look in Romans 9, if you're taking notes, write this down. Like Romans 9, and we're not going to look through it tonight, but it highlights God's actions when it comes to missions. And then Romans 10, specifically the verse that we're in right now, it highlights humans' actions. And so if you connect the two uh, chapters together, Romans 9 and Romans 10, you see this incredible, uh, incredible kind of bond between God and humans, right? And in the middle is missions. And it is God saying, listen, I'm going to do my part. I've come to this world. We have Easter. I've risen from the dead. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to move people's hearts. I'm going to break people's hearts to hear my message and to turn from their sins, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to pursue them. And they're, they're going to have, a, have to make a decision. They have free will. It's what we call free will. And they're going to turn from their sins and they're going to follow me. We're so quick to point out what God does. But have you ever thought of the reality that you also have a responsibility? You also have a reason as to why you go. And this is so clear for these missionaries who are being sent out, right, of the 20 or so that we have in our ministry being sent out this summer. It is a big deal. They see, listen, we know God has done his part. God will do his part. But at the same time, we as humans, are we doing our part? We have a responsibility in an eternal, alterating state. Are we doing our part? And so here's how I like to think about it, is that God's quote-unquote normal way of bringing people to Jesus is by preaching the gospel. I don't know if you guys have ever realized that or not, but God's, God's normal way, quote unquote, his normal, now he's got plenty of ways, don't, don't unquote me on like don't misquote me on this. God's normal way is by preaching. He can do it by any means. He can do it by sitting down with coffee, having lunch with somebody, whatever he chooses to do. But at the same time, we need to understand there's a significance in the word preach, right? Verse, uh, verse 14 lays this out. It says, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, I want to be clear, this, this word is not originally saying, okay, every single person, stand, take your time, stand on the stage, and you preach to people. That is not what this is saying. Yes, that is a great method of doing that. That is how you reach a lot of people. But at the same time, the original, the original language here is signifying that as you go, as you tell people, that is your moment. In other words, preaching is simply talking to people about what God has done for them. Preaching to someone is not getting up there, standing on a box and yelling at them saying they're going to hell. That is not what scripture is talking about. Scripture is saying when you preach in the context of preaching, when it says how, how, can, they, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? In other words, how can they hear without you choosing to go? How can they hear without you choosing to say, I'm going to give up a week and I'm going to go? How can they hear without these 20 saying, I'm going to raise a lot of money that I don't have right now. I'm just going to trust God. In fact, someone told me this uh, just this week. They said, listen, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I promise you I'm going to raise X amount of dollars to go on this trip, right? And so you got to ask yourself the question, how can they hear if I do not do my part? Now, we're not all created to be on the stage, but we are created to be somewhat of a speaking component for the gospel. And that's what Jesus is telling all of us tonight. And that is why we have to beg to ask ourselves the question, like, why are we not all in this situation right now, right? Why are we not all in this situation of saying, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? In other words, who's that someone? Is it you? Is it me? No, it is all of us, right? There's no, there's no kind of hidden scheme here. It is every single one of us. So people must be sent, get this, both by God and by the local church. 
So this sending agent that we talk about, right, inside of missions and inside of this scripture, this sending agent is both by God. Remember, we both have a responsibility in missions, but we both have a responsibility also, God and the local church, Cottage Hill, one local church, in sending these missionaries. And this is why we make such a big deal out of Night's Light tonight. It's because I would be a fool to stand up here and preach to you and teach you and to go to campus and do outreach if I did not make a big deal about sending people out for missions. Because this is a responsibility as me as your college pastor to say, listen, I'm not just going to encourage you to do this. I'm not just going to say, hey, you need to do this. I'm not just going to say, hey, it would probably be, make you a good person if you did missions. No, I'm going to say, all right, how can I be the wind in yourselves? How can I go with you? How can, I, how can I make a way for you to do this? How can we both work together in this? So there's this component of tonight is, yes, God, yes, these 20 missionaries, God is sending them. God has tugged their hearts. He is sending them. He is sending all of us. But at the same time, understand the weight of tonight. As we send you, we're not just going to encourage you. We're not just going to say, hey, good luck. I really hope you raise that money. I really hope that you have a good conversation. No, we are praying on behalf of people who are going to hell right now. Right, And this is the whole idea of what tonight is all about, is that we're going to say, hey, we know that you guys are giving up a lot, but listen, think about what you're getting in return. Think about what someone else is getting in return. As you guys give up all this, gosh, somebody, prayerfully, somebody is going to gain eternal life from this. Why? Because I'm going to preach. I'm going to tell them about who he is. Number three, third takeaway, the beauty of missions. And this is a, a beautiful way to end the whole semester, in my opinion, to talk about the beauty of missions. Verse 15, it highlights that it says, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful, maybe highlight that, take note of that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a little exclamation point. Uh, if you're anything like me, uh, Jamie can tell you, uh, you know, I'm never a person to text you and to put a period, even though it's grammatically correct. I, I just don't do that because I'm like, why are you being mean? That's, that's mean to me. Like, I don't, I don't appreciate that. And so, therefore, if you text me, and I've texted probably every single one of you in this room, you know that I'm going to send an exclamation, maybe five exclamation points. And so, in other words, it's like, listen, I'm not going to be boring. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm just going to kind of just, just talk to you and just kind of hope you get my... No, I'm, I'm going to use some exclamations. And I love how this scripture, it ends it, it says, it says, how can they do this? How can they do that? How can they hear? How can we go? How can we be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There's enthusiasm here. It's, in other words, it's saying you are the most beautiful out of God's creation if you take the good news and if you preach to somebody. So here's the deal. There's a very clear line in what this is saying. And I want you to hear me correctly. There is no beauty, none, in your walk with Jesus, unless you make missions a priority in your life. I'll repeat it again. You guys kind of seem surprised by that. There is no beauty in your walk with Jesus unless you make missions a priority of your life. I do not care how much you have a quiet time. I don't care how much you come to church. I don't care how many people you bring to church. Unless missions is a priority, in other words, being so selfless and not just soaking up salvation for yourself and being like Jesus Christ and coming down on a mission trip to this planet, 33 years, dying, rising again, unless you are like that, unless you are saying, listen, I am willing to give up whatever it takes to go locally to go internationally, whatever that looks like for me and at this point in my life, I know in my life it is not beautiful unless I make my relationship with Jesus about other people. 
We're good, we're good about, man, we're good about coming together and we're good about doing a quiet time, if we're lucky. We're good about doing, if we have time in the morning, if we don't have a test or a ball game, whatever the case may be, we're good about having a quiet time. We're doing good about doing that. But according to scripture, one of the only places that it uses the word beautiful is whenever we are in action taking the gospel to other people. It doesn't say how beautiful uh, are the hands that open your Bible in the morning. That's great, but it's not beautiful. It doesn't say how beautiful are the, are the feet that, that come and soak up worship every single week and never pour it out. No, it says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Why? Because there's eternal damnation at stake. There's eternal worms and fire at stake inside of our lives. So a question I want to end on, a question I want you to ask yourself, are my feet producing activity, motion, and progress for the sake of the gospel to the people both around me and far from me? And I want you guys to ask yourself that question. If you're thinking, man, how do I know if my life is defined by missions? How do I know if, I, if my walk with Jesus is beautiful tonight? How do I know if there's a sweet fragrance that Jesus is smelling and an aroma coming from my relationship? How do I know if I'm being selfless in my walk? Is it this? Is it that? It's this one question. Are my feet, are your feet producing activity, like physically, like right now, like as you go? producing activity, motion, and progress. Not for the sake of being busy, not for the sake of saying, hey, I've got a busy schedule, not for the sake of saying, hey, I don't have an open weekend, for some reason that's popular in our culture, none of that. But for the sake of the gospel to the people around you and far from you. I get it, everybody is not gonna go to China, everybody is not gonna go to Asia, I get that. But if you're not even producing faithful feet here, why do you think you're beautiful to Jesus? Right? So, so scripture calls us to really humble us. I know it did me. And to ask ourselves the question like, is my life so selfish in a way that, that like it is all about me? Me soaking up worship? Me coming and hear a sermon? Me doing a Bible study? Those are great things, man. But at what point are we going to be selfless and say, Oh, God, as I soak it, I'm going to give it. Like, as I learn it, I'm going to say it. As I, as I hear it, like, somebody else is going to hear it. Like, like nobody's going to contain what I'm hearing and what I'm learning. Like, this news is, is too great. So at this time, I'm going to ask the missionaries, come forward. Uh, they're going to just line the front of the stage uh, right here. And so these are the about 20 that we're sending out. There's a few that cannot be here tonight. So basically what we're going to do as they get lined up is you're going to hear from them. They're going to say their name, where they go to school, if they go to school. And so they're going to kind of tell you a little bit about where they're going, uh, the place they're going, and so a little bit about uh, where they're going. Now, if you hear Kentucky a lot, that is, uh, not Kentucky, but Montana, Kentucky last year. Where are my Kentucky people at? There we go. That was, that was last year. I can't get out of last year. It was just a good trip. Ask them about the van rides. It was great. But... Montana this year. So if you hear a lot about Montana and you're saying, well, I'm going to do the same thing they're doing, just kind of don't mind that. But we're going to start with Jay, going to end with Tara. You guys go at it. Hello. Is it on? Hello. 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 Hi, I'm Jay. Uh, I don't go to school anymore, uh, but I, I'll be serving in Montana this summer with uh, the college ministry. Uh, I'm Ryder Jernigan. I go to University of Mobile, and I'm going to be in Las Vegas, and I'm gonna be, we're going to be partnering with uh, Imagine Church there. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Emily. I go to UM. I'll be going to Montana with my home church uh, back in Hartford, and I will also be a track leader. I'm in the process of becoming a track leader for Wired Ministries, so I'll be doing that camp as well. All right. Um, my name is Josh. Uh, I go to the University of Mobile. 
Um, this summer, I'm going to be going back home to Louisiana and doing a lot of youth outreach um, through local churches um, and a trip to Tennessee through an infuge um, for a couple weeks. So that's going to be um, it's going to be great. Hi, my name is Nathan. I go to the University of Mobile. Um, this summer, I will be serving as a team leader at Super Summer Alabama. I will be serving as a team leader and a counselor at Chilton Baptist Association Kids Camp, and I will be going to Montana. Hi, my name's Kaylee. I go to South in the summer. I'll be serving at Windshape Camps in Mount Berry as a senior counselor. My name's Laura. I go to Coastal Alabama, and I will be serving with the Mobile Baptist Builders in Kentucky to help build a church. So I'm Matthew, or Maddie, and <clears throat> in about two weeks, I'll be going to Honduras. Hey, I'm Sean, and I uh, go to South, and I will be working all summer with student life camps. Hey, my name's Will. Uh, I'll be serving this summer as a mission director for Student Life Camp, too. Hey, I'm Grace. I will be going to Honduras in two weeks, and I will be serving at Century Kid in Missouri and Georgia. Hey, my name's Carly. I go to South, and I will be serving in Panama City Beach, Florida with Campus Outreach. Hey, I'm Taylor. I go to University Mobile, and I will be serving in Montana. Hey, I'm Lauren, and I go to South, and I'll be going to Montana this summer. Hello, I'm Claire. I go to South, and I'll be going to Montana this summer. Hey, everyone. I'm Tara. I go to South, and I'll be in Asheville, North Carolina all summer, serving with Fuge Camps as a high school Bible study leader. All right. Hey, give it up for them, guys. It's, it's, we got them everywhere, man. So here's what we're going to do now. Um, as we, uh, as we actually commission them, uh, it's just going to be a lot last year, if you were here last year. Basically, it's going to be very simple. So as we go through this, the screen is going to pop up and say, it's going to say my name, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something just like this right here, and then it will go to the missionaries, and these guys, they will read the screen, they will say something, and then when it says audience, you guys read the screen, and you guys say it back, okay? So it's going to take like a minute, just a few different things. So you guys try to be somewhat in sync with each other, and, uh, and, and it'll be good. So I'll start us out. Because one day God's glory will fill the whole earth. All right, missionaries. Audience. Because there is salvation in no one else. Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Because God deserves the praises of all people. 
All right, and then everybody at once. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us so that his known on earth, his salvation among all nations. Good job. You did incredible, actually. So what we're going to do now um, is as these guys, uh, as you have obviously committed to praying for them, to loving them, to encouraging them, uh, it's just a, a special moment. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask all the missionaries to dismiss uh, onto the side walls, onto the back wall. And as you guys go ahead and make your way doing that, you can go ahead and do that. Um, just like last year, whenever they go find a place on the wall, uh, you guys, I'm going to pray uh, for us and pray for these missionaries. Um, and so as they find their place, as I say amen, I need you guys, every single one of you guys, to stand up and go find uh, missionary, make sure people are covered, make sure every single missionary is covered, and maybe go lay hands on them or just pray for them from a distance, do whatever you're comfortable with, but make sure you pray for them, and we're going to give you plenty of time as you pray, so we're going to give you several minutes, the band is going to give you several minutes, make sure, even go, you can even go to two or three people, however many you would like to go to, but as you get up uh, here in just a moment, make sure uh, everyone is covered, make sure everyone is being prayed for, okay, that is your job, uh, so let me pray for us, and when I say amen, you guys just get up and go find a missionary. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much for, um, God, just this night, God, and how good you are to us. God, I just, I want to pause and just acknowledge, God, how, how gracious, Lord, you are as we look into, um, God, not just eternal life, but as we look into eternal damnation, which is the exact opposite, is, God, separation from your presence for forever. And God, we wouldn't wish that on our worst enemy tonight. God, just the picture that your word paints for us, just the, the thought, that the imagery that comes to our mind, God, as we think about, God, not just eternal life, but God, eternal hell. And God, that's a real place that real people are heading to, God, in a really fast manner. And so, Jesus, that's why we do what we do, God. That's why you send us. That's why you give us our heart, God, for the people locally, God, at our schools and in our classes, God, and in our, our workplaces, God, but also, God, abroad. Like that's, that's why you give us a heart is because, God, we're not meant to soak up salvation, God. It's, it's only come to us to go to somebody else. And that's what we're recognizing tonight. God, and I, I just, I feel like I need to ask you, God, to forgive, God, just all of us, uh, the people who just do not have plans, God, to do any missions or to, to do any outreach. God, I just, I feel called to just ask for your forgiveness and God, just be gracious to us. And God, I pray for the ones who don't have plans that you would open up plans, that God, you would, you would miraculously, God, bring things up in their life and that God, they can't say no to that, God, we would make sure we are where we are, God, not just soaking you in, but, God, understanding, God, what you've done for us. God, every person on planet Earth is meant to experience that. Every person on planet Earth is meant to know your love. Every person on planet Earth is meant to know your goodness and your grace, God. Every person on planet Earth is meant to know what it's like to have their sins forgiven, God, and cast into the ocean to be seen no more. Every person on planet Earth, God, is meant to know your glory. They're meant to know your salvation, God. They're meant to know everything, God, your goodness. So, God, help us as a group collectively, God, Cottage Hill College, help us. Help us to be, help us to be so selfless, God, that we understand not just receiving your gospel, but, God, giving your gospel to other people. 
telling them, showing them, being an example to them. And that's what I pray, God, over these missionaries. God is, there's so many different walks of life that are being sent out, God, different schools, different ages, different family. But God, they all have one thing in common and that is your glory. God, and we know that's why, God, that's why missions exist in the first places because God, your glory doesn't, God, your praise doesn't. And that's why we go, that's why we send them. And God, you're a witness of this tonight. And so God, as these missionaries get ready to go, God, as we're commissioning them in a sense, God, as we are sending them, as we are praying for them, as we are loving them, God, I pray for boldness. God, wherever they're going internationally, God, or here in the States, I pray for boldness, God, as they share your gospel, God, that there's gonna be times where they're scared or they're afraid or they're nervous or they're anxious. So God, it's just weird sometimes. It doesn't feel right. But God, I pray that you give them boldness. I pray that God, you give them strength. I pray that you'd give them, God, just, just a drive. God, just like Isaiah tells us, God, it's like a fire burning in my bones. It's a fire, God, that I can't, I can't, I can't stop. I can't get away from it. That is your gospel. So Jesus says, these people have raised money as they are in the process of raising money. As they have so many plans, God, they have laid their yes on the table. They have their plans, they have their itinerary, they have their flight plan, they have everything they need, God. So Jesus, we are excited as your presence, we know your presence is gonna go with them through your Holy Spirit. Your presence is gonna be made known. And God, I pray for many salvations to be had because of the 20 obediences that we have in the room. God, I pray that, that God, heaven would rejoice, not just in sending them, but God, because someone else has heard the gospel. So Jesus, here in these next few moments, God, I pray that our students, God, would be incredibly supportive. And God, that they would pray prayers far beyond what we can produce, far beyond what we can imagine or ever think of, God. And I pray that they would ask things of you that only you can do. That is what we pray tonight, God. I pray that the missionaries would feel, God, they would feel driven. They would feel bold tonight, God, as they leave this place. I pray that they'd feel supported. I pray that, God, you would allow them to leave knowing and being confident in your word and in your gospel, God, at any and all costs this summer. So, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.